Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we talk with the youth sports women's hockey national champion, a graduate player, and our prediction for a March Madness champion. Here are your hosts, Addie and Cowie. 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 This week, I'm... I am on such a high right now (laughs) from this week. Like we've not only is it episode 20. I know. Episode 20 at the beauty sports desk, hanging out with you, like already on a high. Yep. I'm March madness has almost (laughs) tipped me over the edge of athletic excitement ever. Like watching like even, you know, like South Carolina, Creighton, all that kind of stuff. But even honestly, before we get into it, because we, we've got so much stuff to, <laughs> to get into, uh, follow the show. Yeah, you know, we say that every week uh, at the very end, and I think we need to do a better job of saying it off the hop. So welcome to the Beauty Sports Desk. One thing that helps us every week is uh, your efforts in liking, subscribing, whether you're following us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, on YouTube. Like, subscribe, wherever you are. It would mean a ton to us. Take a couple of minutes out of your day. One thing that also helps is if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you do listen. Um, That's one of the ways that helps us spread the good word of beauties as we continue to grow this thing. Wild to think we're on episode 20. Um, if you don't already follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Instagram and TikTok is at beauty sports talk. Twitter is at underscore beauty sports. We do have a voicemail. You can reach out beauty sport, uh, speakpipe.com slash beauty sports, but we appreciate you all for coming back. Wild to think buddy, four months, 20 episodes on unbelievable wild and wild. we've had on such cool guests. We've got yeah. amazing things scheduled coming up in April here. Like this is, I'm on a high. I'm on a high. This is absolutely incredible. So yes, please follow, like, subscribe. That would mean a lot to us. But now getting into <laughs> getting into March madness. Yep. This like and the the name has been completely exceeding all expectation. This has been complete madness. Even when you think of alone of the Yukon um, NC State game, mm-hmm. Gino went on record saying it was the best game he has been a part of in UConn. I would believe that. Garth texts saying that was the best basketball game he's ever watched. Double I, OT. Oh, man. First time in history. Double yeah. OT, first time in history that's ever happened in Elite Eight, mm-hmm. March Madness. And it. I was on the edge of my seat. It had everything. It had, <laughs> like, even the the second three-pointer needed to tie the game to go into the set. Like, it had Every single element. And then in this game too, though, you realize because there's, when people get to a certain, when athletes get to a certain level, it's always like, okay, are they that good? Or (laughs) is it whatever? Paige Beckers is that good. She couldn't miss. Yeah. She She couldn't miss. Put a team on her back. And that's, you know, we've said that and that doesn't matter. That's across all sports, all genders. The elite stand up when they need to be elite. They don't like. It's almost like she doesn't know pressure. Oh, it, it was like the heavier it got on her shoulders, the more the relaxed she got. Yeah. It was. Oh, she was just absolutely amazing. So that, in my opinion, right now, because we've already gone through um, 
the semis, right, to find out who's going to the championship game. But even just recapping all the way to this, like that was the best game I have ever watched basketball yeah. like it was unbelievable and then even stanford texas it was 14 14 at the half ended up being decided by eight points yeah and it's like this game also had everything to it it was like the crowd was nuts and the th- cool thing that i like is clearly they are asking when you call for tickets what team you're on Hi, are you coming uh, yeah. yeah are you are you a texas fan or are you here for stanford but because they just like dominated, like the stands were just so visibly red and orange for yeah. Texas, right? Yeah. And there's something about that Texas jersey. I'm the like, horns. it's right? so iconic. The history of it, yeah. the history of it. And then anytime any free throws were happening, the horns went up, <laughs> yeah. you know, like there's just so much like just decades and decades of history there Huge, which is hugely and then stanford like well clearly i was into this because i'm yeah, i'll just mad keep rattling <laughs> because stanford Haley jones like what um she got great hair it well okay how <laughs> threw she, you off <laughs> but uh, like i do have like she has like unreal hair but I I can't stand when one little hair comes over my eye. Like I cut off all my hair. I hate hair. She's got like <laughs> twenty pounds of I like know. unreal. I it's know. like hair management in a game. She must have. There's like, there's some great hair. That's one thing. This is very irrelevant to yeah. basketball itself. But there is some great hair remaining in uh, basketball. We saw it <clears throat> this weekend in the Final Four yeah. with the likes of. Uh, What's her name? Aaliyah Edwards. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Aaliyah Boston. Um, She's always rocking cool colors. Fran Boston. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Fran. Franny. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was There was sick. even, well, the page is kind of like patent pending on that hairdo, it oh, seems like. Yeah. But she rocks that. There's some great, great, great hair. Yeah. Totally. But you're right. I wear a bucket on mine. Yeah. No, Just get like, it out of my face. But the they way. were like so sick. And then like, Brink for Stanford during the Texas game was absolutely unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Blocks one side of the court, like like a gazelle, just like <laughs> other side of the court in, came yeah. back. Like she yeah. was just unbelievable. And then the cutest thing I've ever seen, and I thought it was really well done and w- with um, Lexi and Lacey Hall's mom yeah. being mic'd up in the yeah, stand. you're saying. And then she's looking over at all the other parents being like, I am physically and emotionally exhausted that would be hard it's kind of like being the goalie mom oh my god you just got double the emotion of every other parent in the room and she has that because she's got double the kids on the team well but totally even in the in the stanford yukon game mm -hmm. the semis um she i think it was lexi that got smoked in the face and was just gushing blood Mm. And this is the this is what I like, and I always remember and go back to when Abby Wambach had her face stapled <laughs> in the middle of a game. Yeah, you like turn into like this super oh, like yeah. you don't even care. You Pain don't even doesn't care. exist. Let's go. She's gushing blood, and then all of a sudden she's like got this towel, a little clippy thing. She's off the court for like three minutes. She's like, "Am I good? Am I good to go? <laughs> is this done? Are we done yeah. with this craziness now? Yeah. Can we move on?" Because yeah. that, well, that these, some of these women have gone into absolute beast mode. Oh, like beast mode. Beast mode. Because, like, with the South Carolina Creighton game, 
I think just the excitement of Creighton being there, because all every other team is ranked one or two mm-hmm. when it goes through. So when you see a tenth ranked Creighton coming in, and it was it was by far the most kind of lopsided game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's one versus ten, yep. as it should, right? And a, and a big one. Right, and a big one. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the perfect way of saying that. But the environment, like. It's your first time there. Mm. You don't know what to expect. It's intimidating. You're not just going up against anybody. You're going up against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I thought they, the way that I looked at that game was I didn't think that they were off physically. Like I felt like they were in the play. They were making, they were moving the ball well. Yeah. They just didn't hit shots. Like, even from the free throw line. That's been kind of the storyline of Elite Eight and the Final Four. Yep. Yep. Really. Well, and so that's where I thought that Creighton, they There's played. just no room. There's no room to be off. No. There's there's none of it. Yeah. Right? I'm sure we're gonna, you're going to bring up Haley Van Lith, but there's no mm. room for you to not make a three until the final two minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. There's just no room. Yeah. Well, you're right. Haley Van Lith, like, and I think that that was a big thing for Louisville. Mm-hmm. And that was our, that was our yeah. title match. Yeah. That was our title match. I know. I was going, I was going all in <laughs> with the stack on the, on the, what I would call, even though it was a 1v1 matchup. Yeah. The upset. I do think, like, we saw that game. If you have players like that who are making buckets that she's made all the rest of this March Madness tournament and year, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, that's an entirely different game. It was hard. I text you. It was hard for me to watch. Emily Angsler gets oh, fouled yeah. out on a on a a ball that should never be given up, coughed up in in the front court, and she instant tears. And oh god, I just like oh my god, I know. Oh. And they reviewed it. I yeah, they I reviewed it because they're like that's a big call, but the ref made the right call. But the did ref- you see even how they said the refs are human too? Because she hung her head. Yeah, she blew the she whistle knew. and hung her head. The referee did because she didn't want to make that call, and and that young lady's na- uh, NCAA career on a fouled out in the final four yeah it's your job it's your job and that's what you got to do but you're right like at that level that play should have never happened no but it did and yeah watching because that was they replayed it over and over Mm -hmm. of her hanging her head after it because you breaking and uh but the cool thing like we were just chatting about is the one thing i really really appreciated from the announcer's perspective within march madness has been showcasing the next step for them. So like saying, you know, Angsler gets fouled out and of course it's incredibly like emotional, Mm -hmm. but then they're like, but don't worry. She's ranked number six in the WNBA draft. This is the, you will see her again. There's more to come. And I liked it everywhere we watched. That's what you got. I loved that they had uh, Kia and Tamika nurse doing a lot of the, the breakdown here for us. Um, that, that we saw, and it was, that's exactly right. You know, they have reference points to their own, uh, like Kia talked a lot about her time at UConn. Oh, yeah. And what it's like to be a part of uh, such an established athletic place. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. When you and, walk in, sorry to cut you off, but when you walk into the office and there's 11 trophies yeah. when you have to walk by it, yeah. she's like, that's by design. Yeah. That's by design. Exactly. Sorry. No, all good. Um, yeah. And I think that that was important for them to showcase that they also have come out of some of these programs that we're watching in Elite Eight and Final Four 
and that they, you know, they're having comparisons between what they have seen in their time in the WNBA and players like Diana Taurasi and then relating them back to the people who are playing in the NCAA Final Four right now. Yeah. As, uh, it was super cool. They did it unbelievable. And obviously Gino's like, <laughs> I don't want to hear any. Yeah. <laughs> they know too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're referring to Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi broke down some of the games and and they obviously have a relationship with Gino who's the coach of the Yukon Huskies. And he then in his media segment basically said, I will not, I'm not even going to bother watching. I know those two women well enough. I don't need to hear any of the stuff they're saying, which I love that dynamic and, and just friendship now um, between these athletes and coaches. Yeah. It's been like just watching, like obviously now we know that it's going to be a Yukon South Carolina final. And, you know, I, I do think that, like, well, obviously South Carolina did have an easier path to get there. Like, mm-hmm. and, and now the conversation always comes back to, okay, who's, who's in the, in the opportunity to be able to, like, UConn has had to battle, fight every single way throughout the entire process. And we've seen that be an advantage. That for scrappiness teams, is, you know? Uh, you know, they come out of had kind of a rough go with some injury and, and mm-hmm. Paige Becker's being out with injury and then trying to find your way back through that. They've had to grind tooth and nail yeah. to get themselves back to that national championship. Uh, it, it is still hard to deny, like we were we were saying, you're you're you've got the coach of the year, the player of the year, and the defensive player, player of, of the year. year on that Gamecocks team, it's hard to deny. And when you watched Aaliyah Boston in that Final Four game, she is she is a threat everywhere on the court, whether it's offensive, defensive rebounds, time in the paint. She had a step back three. That's what like, I was just going to say, the three. Like that was, and everybody was like, what? Well, yep, she can do it all. I know. You betcha. I know. And the one name I kept writing down to when I was watching it was Destiny Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. Man, when we talk hair, man, she's yep. rocking it. <laughs> You're not but, wrong. But even in that too, like, I think like South Carolina has such a deep bench, mm-hmm. such a deep bench that when you look, okay, well, you got Leah Boston, who's number one. Yep. Even like your two, three, four, five, six are mm-hmm. just huge. Absolutely, like Destiny Henderson to me um, in the Louisville game was. She was an all-star. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was like, I am so excited to watch her move through her career. I thought she was phenomenal. The way she moves the ball, um, she kind of the same thing. She can do it all. Mm-hmm. You need her. And she's she doesn't stand as tall as um, Boston is, but she makes her presence and known. What's Aaliyah Boston, 6'5"? Yeah. <laughs> Just huge. I know. She is. And even the the, the coaching that we see in this final four. Holy We've got moly. some of the most winning coaches in NCAA history and Gino Oriama and, and Tara Vanderveer. Uh, yeah. I think they were two, three on the list. Yeah. Like, and, and uh, you can't, then you have, we, we have that conversation and then we have coach of the year and Don Staley. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. I know it's, it's, uh, there's, there's so much, high level performance happening on so many different avenues here. It's insane. And like, 
Stanford, I think, because when Stanford launched to UConn there, I was expecting a little bit more emotion coming from them, but I think it's, I think they knew they weren't playing. I agree. You know, I think they knew, Mm -hmm. but that comes from what we're talking about, the leadership of Tara Vanderveer Mm -hmm. saying like, if we do not execute on X, Y, and Z, this will not go our way. And when you go through that whole thing and you see you're missing certain shots and then they're... You know, they were all over Jones. They wouldn't yeah. let her, they wouldn't let her out of their sights. Like they were all over her. So it's yeah. like, what do you do? Well, exactly. And it, uh, yeah, I think there is something to be said about, you know, they had the buzzer beater win against South Carolina in Final Four last year on their way to a national championship. Mm-hmm. And so you you also have people on that team who live through that. Yeah. And I think that's part, part of it too. Yeah. You know, even in the... Um, when you saw Emily Angsler, Angsler hanging her head, oh, yeah. and by the time they shook hands, she was composed. Yeah. Right? I Unbelievable. Yeah, Unbelievable. you digest it for a long time after a loss like that, but... For sure. For sure. They're all professionals already. Yeah, no, they are, like, this whole group, because they said 44 women have declared for the WNBA draft. Yep. Unreal. Yeah, add a team uh, or two. <laughs> yeah. You know what? They actually did a poll on Twitter of like, where should the next WNBA team be? Mm-hmm. Where, do you, where do you think? Where would you think? No, I don't know. What were the options? Well, they just said, like, oh. pick, just pick where, where would you want it? Oh, God. I don't know. Mine was, I cannot believe there's not one in Denver. Oh, Denver. Interesting. I, anyway, well, we got an NBA team there, so that would make sense. Exactly. Nugs. Yeah. Huge, cool team. Like, I think a women's Denver's team. Denver's a super cool city. Right? Yeah. Because a lot of people, like, obviously, we want more Canadian teams. Like, And obviously, we'd go to Vancouver. Vancouver, Toronto would be the first two to get it. Yeah. Right? But I'm like, okay. Denver. Good but thought. But Den- that's what. Good thought. I know. They were like, oh, never thought of Denver. I'm like, it's because I secretly want to live in Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that would be a great, uh, I've got stuck. That's a hard airport. Oh, it's a hard airport. I've had a few, I had one flight flying into Denver once where we had three attempts to land and I swear half the plane was barfing into their barf bags. Oh, Oh, and I was just green. I was like, get me the hell off of this. And then I had one where, yeah, I was so delayed. I had to fly from Winnipeg to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Denver, Denver to Arizona to meet my family. No. Yeah. They got the direct flight the few days before I was in university. Anyways, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and I had to stay over in in Denver. You want to talk about being 21 in a fun city? Oh, yeah. It was no, cool. For sure. It's a great place. Yeah. I would go to Denver for a WNBA game. 100%. So that was where I said, but... One more question before we kind of head into our first interview sure. of uh, today. Who's who's taking it? Oh man, I again, it? I clearly I'm on this underdog train because I thought that I was all in chips in on Louisville beating South Carolina. Yeah. I have a hard time in my heart believing that South Carolina is going to to lose, but I'm gonna just go with. UConn, because yeah. I know you're going to go with South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's always got to be, maybe we should actually bet on this one. But it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 going to be a, a dog fight. Yeah. Because even when things weren't going well for South Carolina at some points, Coach Dawn, she let you know. I know. So I think that, 
but Gino's been there. Like, you know, like the, the storylines on both sides yeah. are insane. Yeah, no. So we're going to, I, in my heart, I think that South Carolina is going to win, but I'm going to take UConn because that's how I roll. Yeah, I <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. It's going to be one, one for the ages for sure. So as we move from that and we think about another huge event that's happened, the U Sport Women's Hockey Championship wrapped up in UPEI. Mm-hmm. Concordia Stingers, yeah. baby. Yeah, they, um, and very definitively so, yeah. um, are now U Sport National Champions. And we had the pleasure of talking to Olivia Hale, who was an absolute rock star. That kid looks like she's been doing this her whole life. She was just cozied in, yeah. uh, had a nice little chat with her. So I think if you got nothing else, Ads, let's hop to that. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you enjoy our interview with a national champion, Olivia Hale. Welcome to the Beauty Sports Desk, Olivia Hale, U Sports Women's Hockey National Champion. I think we got a little something for Olivia. Yes, here. we do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, unreal, amazing. Congratulations. How are you feeling? Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm on a high still. It's honestly unbelievable when we you look back and you think like it was, it was a week ago today, actually. And you know, it's just a crazy feeling. We're still feeling like champs right now. So it's awesome. Feeling great. So many emotions that come in after you win a national championship. What was it like when you guys finally like debriefed from the, the celebration on the ice and finally got back to your dressing room? We got back to the dressing room. And the first thing I saw on my seat was, we, we each had a t-shirt that said champions national. And I looked at it and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, is has, this happening right yeah, now? That has a nice ring to so, it, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 it really does. Especially the champion. They make it really <laughs> yeah. feminine in French. So it's a little <laughs> special, adds a little spice to it, but no, we got back to the locker room and obviously just, just had fun with the team, but it, it almost really hit us when we got onto the bus and I looked at my phone and it was just, it was red notifications everywhere. So I'm trying to go through all of them. And then I suddenly like, I look up, right. And I, I take it in for a second. Everyone just in their phones, just like, guys, we're yeah. overwhelmed. There's so many messages to support and stuff like that. And that's when I think it really hit like people, random people from home, just sending a congrats message. Just, it was like, okay, hold on guys. Like we did this. It's awesome. So yeah, it was great. And when you're in the lead up to something so big, right? Like as a team, it's day by day, step by step, practice by practice, game by game. And then when you finally get that opportunity to sit there, it's like, this was something so much bigger than us. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know? And so that is such a cool feeling to just sit there and just soak it all in. Totally. I think especially with all like the adversity we've had with COVID and everything over the past, whatever, how many years, two years, I guess now. And then our season being put on pause after we got back from Christmas, it's just like, we took, we honestly took every single moment as a time to just say like, guys, this is, this is it. This is our last chance here to be all together. So uh, like you said, we did a game by game, but we didn't even need really to focus on that. Everyone just kind of knew it was just kind of natural. We were just like, let's just take it one period by period. And, 
that's what we did. <laughs> and like when Cowie and I were looking into your, um, you know, just the league and the stats and all that kind of stuff, you guys went on a huge tear before this. Like you guys didn't lose a game from November 26th. Was there like a shift in them? Like, was that what you're talking about where it's like, no, we're, we're taking this all the way to the end and it's just kind of known. Yeah. I think at the start, it's, I mean, we keep saying COVID, but it's like at the start, obviously, you know, it was tougher to really just come together. It was just because of the times and because of everything. But I, I, I don't know if there was necessarily a click, but there was a click, I guess, yeah. <laughs> because we went on that tear. But I think everyone just, it, it all happened simultaneously where everyone just said, you know what, guys, like, let's play some hockey. Let's have fun. Let's go out there and just like start winning games. And I mean, we did that. We never looked back. So <laughs> was was your guys' confidence at like an all-time high? I know Addie and I have talked about, obviously you guys would have watched Canada beat the USA in the Olympics this year. And then you hear kind of that aftermath of players doing interviews, coming home. And they said like somewhere in their soul, they knew they were going to do it because the team just jive they the confidence was at its peak do you guys was that kind of the same story for you do you think I would definitely say it, it, it that's a good word confidence we, we kept using that word confidence not cockiness we kept saying that because we wanted to go in there having like you know our chests up and we're, we're proud we're strong we're confident that we're going to win this and I think for me personally like I'm 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 superstitious when it comes to thinking like, oh yeah, tomorrow we're going to win. You know, I, I kind of had a problem with that, Yeah. but it seemed like that was the mentality going in just like, yeah, tomorrow we're winning. Like that's, that's a done deal. And normally I'd say to myself, okay, no, 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 Go back. Amnesia, you know, because I don't want to think that like, yeah. well, I'm going to jinx myself, but no, that was, that was the vibe. And that's what we did. And I swear I, you know, I had a, a good bit, bit of nerves but nothing like I've ever like championship came game came around and I wasn't even nervous. I was just confident that we were going to pull it through. So I'd say definitely that was our mentality, but definitely confidence, not cockiness for sure. Definitely not a cocky team, but uh, yeah, the confidence helped. Well, and you guys could see, you know, Addie and I chimed in, we watched that game. um, And there were some, some moments where, uh, even though some, you know, early on in the game, things uh, didn't necessarily go your way in terms of some bounces, but if you could see this kind of level of confidence in you guys. And then as soon as that first puck went in, and it, that was the breaking point, really. It was yeah. like you got all the little breaks. It kind of weaved its way through sticks, and puck was there, and I can't remember the girl's name who put it in, but you could you could see, and then honestly, momentum just looked like it took off for you guys from there. Yeah, and that first period was that was probably the most nervous I've been during the tournament for sure. That first period, but there was a point where I was on the bench thinking, you know what? Like this is, we're in the championship game of U sports. Like it should be tough. It should be a little like holding our sticks, maybe a little tighter, just, you know, a little bit more of that edge. But I think once we got into the locker room after the first period, we just said like, okay, let's calm down because if we think we're going to be making mistakes, we're going to make mistakes. So we just had to get rid of them, that mindset that we were going to mess up. And we just had to just go in and say, let's have fun again. Let's get our legs back. And I mean, 
after that, the second period and the third period, that was, that was it for us. Yeah, for sure. The floodgates opened in the third for you guys, no yeah. question. And then it's like, but it is, it is interesting when you hear people and cause you look at it and it's like, yeah, it's the two best teams in the country playing against each other. This shit yeah. should be hard. Yeah. This is the biggest game yeah. of the year. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and so when you're in those moments, uh, you've, you've got some pretty, um, high level coaches there, coach Chu and coach Ulette. what was their messaging to you guys? Just, you know, maybe just throughout the whole process or even in that moment where you're coming back in the dressing room, you know, and it's zero, zero after the first period. The thing that I would say this, this whole tournament, this whole season too, is just like, I've been so impressed by the unwavering amount of support and belief that Kelo, Julie, our whole coaching staff had in us. Um, I think the message between that after that first period was exactly what I said, as if like, we're playing, like we're going to make mistakes and that's leading us to make those mistakes. So I think the message from the coaching staff was just guys like, we're having fun. We're we're playing hockey and that's it. And we didn't really need much. We didn't need much of a big, you know, we didn't need a big speech because it wasn't that we were playing badly. Just, we were, we were playing on our toe. We were playing on our heels. Sorry, I should say. Mm -hmm. And basically the coaching staff came and said, let's play on our toes. Let's get back to playing our hockey. And, um, honestly, just their messages throughout those, those three games was just the, the level of calmness that they had talking to us just made us more confident because the second you have a a coaching staff that's stressed or just, you know, a bit nervous and jittery around you, it's going to, it's going to lead to your players feeling like that. And I mean, Kelo, Julie, the whole coaching staff was just so calm. They're just like, guys, you know what to do. Like, let's just go out there and do it. So let me tell you that helped a lot. (laughs) Complete trust, complete faith, trust the process. It's just another step. And you think, that is why it's so important, I think, to make sure that like women that play on such a high level come back because like who who's been in more of a competitive game than Julie Chu and Caroline Ouellette? Well, and, and we've heard that, right? Because they started out coaching at UMD mm-hmm. and they were still players at that time. And so there was a lot of times where they would get on the ice and participate in practice uh, through that process. We heard that Jocelyn Rock can speak really well to that. And I think you're a thousand percent bang on ads is like, they know, they know the calm, they know how to win They're champions themselves. Right. And to be able to, to give that to you guys as a team, I think that is incredibly valuable. Oh, for sure. Cause if you look at like, you think about this, like, what was it? 10, 10 straight that you guys had here. It's like that game against Montreal. You think they just came in and just blew up (laughs) and said like enough. Right. But then it's like, no, they've got this, this veteran presence of like, this is a part of the process. This yep. is how we roll. And everybody plays the best hockey when they're having fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone. Definitely. You know, so what's, um, what's been the, uh, the golden week like for you? Where have, uh, where you've been hitting up? I'll tell you why I've been hitting the books. <laughs> because I'm sorry that's not the answer you wanted but no. hey no we want the honest hey, we answer want the truth I'm I'm not gonna lie we we're in PEI and you know there is there's downtime to do homework and stuff like that there was not a chance I couldn't even I would open my laptop I'd check a couple emails but like you know you, you're just not in that much yeah yeah it was it was okay 
five minutes on the laptop then close because yeah you know you're just there you're you're too excited so this week i i know it's boring but we've been catching up on so much it's just it's been crazy right now i've been answering all it's like still messages are coming in from friends and family just you know congrats on the golden week it's uh, well <laughs> congrats on the, the championship golden, and the golden week, and the golden week. Uh, that's We've right pegged is that but oh, uh, yeah, a couple of us went out uh, this weekend. We went to uh, just a restaurant with the team, you know, wh- whoever the girls were that were still in town. And we just, you know, we just had fun with each other because it's, it's, it's crazy because it's, it's happening so quick, the end of the year, the end of the season, everything like that. So we're just trying to be able to, to hang out with each other as much as possible before, uh, before it's the end because we're graduating eight players. So it's a big chunk oh, of our wow. team leaving. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a different vibe next year for sure without them, but we're just trying to savor their last moments with us. So yeah, no, for good. sure. That's awesome. And it's so funny. Cause I remember going there too. And on the itinerary, it's like, you're, you're in somewhere awesome, like downtown Ottawa. And they're like, here's your study hours. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not going to focus on uh, that. See you later. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, you can. You fit. You're yeah. so excited, and it's like, why not just totally immerse yourself yeah. in the experience, especially with somewhere like PEI. Yeah. No. Totally. Well, that's the yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that's the thing. Like, we, you know, in, in that hotel in PEI, you're with all the other teams, so you're crossing paths with them all the time, you know, and it's, it's really nice. Honestly, it's, it's a really cool experience. Like, Hey, good luck guys today. It's really cool. But I was thinking about it and there's like team rooms everywhere. Our team, there was always like at least five or six people in our team room at the time. Like every single day there was people down there. We were doing work. We were getting our, our ATs were working on us. They were amazing. They were basically just they were working harder than us, honestly, that whole weekend. It was insane how much they were doing for us or, you know, get, grabbing food. We were down there watching the other games. Like our team was always together. That was the crazy part. Like no one was ever just like in their rooms alone. So we really just bought into just being together for that full week. You know, it was awesome. That's super good. The vibe we could kind of tell from from the the live stream or the CBC stream that we watched. But talk about the vibe. It looked like you guys had a big slew of fans that were able to get to PEI. Oh my god! I think almost everyone's family made it. It was insane, and we brought our uh, maroon jerseys and our black jerseys. We actually got a, a third jersey this year. The black ones are super nice. So we brought all the jerseys. So that, you know, almost each fan could wear them. And it was funny, like game by game, our fans got louder and louder. I think on the last game, uh, some of the parents went out to the dollar store and bought <laughs> pots and pans because yeah, I saw the, that they just, were, they were yeah, doing the good old, like yeah. Yeah, garbage can bangs. Cause during the uh, Saskatchewan game, their Saskatchewan uh, fans were loud. Their families, they had the pots and pans going. So I think our, our fans got a little jealous. So yeah. for a championship <laughs> game, we were coming out of the tunnel. I look up, I see the pots and pans. I'm like, yep, That's for sure. Amazing. The competitiveness runs with the, with the fans <laughs> and, the, and the, and the parents too. We had to outdo the other fans, but no, they were awesome. It was just, it was just nice to be able to celebrate that with them, especially they've been supporting us this whole year. I mean, like families coming in, doing a, a six hour trip there and back just for one game and stuff like that. So to have them there, it was, it was really awesome, special. 
you truly do realize the amount of support that's around you that you kind of don't see throughout the regular season. And then you're like, okay, this well, is... Well, especially when you're focused, right? Like you've oh, got this yeah. tunnel vision, you got a job to do. And then you, like you had mentioned, Olivia, you come out of that, like, you, you get on the bus and you've got that moment of like, holy shit, this web of support is so broad. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It looked like that rink was rocking. The, uh, the atmosphere there was, was awesome. I really enjoyed the venue and everything like that. It was, the, the stands were packed each game. It was crazy. It was, it was really awesome. I was going to say, cause we've got a, an interview with some UPI girls and I was going to say, you got some, mm. what, what, what would you rate it? We're going to tell them. <laughs> yeah. We had the U Sport champions on. Their venue was great, hey? Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was really awesome. It's almost like I prefer that than towards like, like a big rink where, you know, you don't fill it. That UPI game, that uh, Friday night we played them. Yep. It was packed, like up to the ceiling. Just there wasn't an empty seat. And I was just like, oh, this is the biggest <laughs> crowd I've played in front of. It yeah, is so it no, makes awesome. it makes such a huge difference being in certain venues because there's nothing like when you feel like the fans are almost like falling on you or every play gets such a big response like it just makes the game like you're just dialed in so much more on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was really cool. The venue was awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I like, I am just so impressed by your guys's team, your staff. It was so like, just as fans, I hope, you know, you put on a show. Yeah. It was unreal. Um, congratulations. And yeah, we wish you nothing but the best. And thank you so much for taking time to chat with us. Yeah, today. I'll, I'll reiterate that, you know, I hope that you get to continue to enjoy it. I know you're focused on school, but appreciate you taking the time away from school to spend a few minutes with Addie and I, uh, congratulations again. It was super fun to watch. Uh, the rest of us are super proud of the efforts that you guys put in. So congratulations on being a national champ. Thank you so much guys. And thank you so much for, for covering us and just supporting us. It's been, it's been awesome to see the amount of people supporting uh, youth sports, women's hockey. I think it, it's, it's great. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, that's the goal here. So we appreciate, we'll have you guys back on. Hopefully when you repeat next year, we'll bring you back on for the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. that's awesome thank you so much and once again congrats on such an awesome season awesome thanks guys i appreciate it certified beauty. certified beauty certified, certified beauty un and the thing that always gets me when we talk to these like high level performing athletes is that at the end of the day you gotta love it and you gotta have fun yeah, we have heard that time and time and time again. You and I say that in dressing rooms that we're in. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it. And the easiest path to success is doing whatever it is that you love and having fun doing it. And I think that's exactly what we heard from them. They have leadership that has been on the biggest stages in women's hockey, which certainly would have helped them stay calm, cool, collected, which is what we, we heard from Olivia. I think that I hope it's longer than a golden week for them. I hope they enjoy it for, for some it. time. Yeah. Live it. Absolutely. And we uh, 
we told her to just wear it as a necklace. Get yeah. that medal, wear it as a necklace, cruise around town. Why not? After we, were, we weren't recording and Addie said, do you have your medal with you? And she said, no. And I said, oh man, you're so much more responsible even than me <laughs> at my age right now. If I had a national championship medal, I'd probably have the medal in one pocket and the yeah. ribbon in the other <laughs> because I would, uh, yeah, I would take Party. that everywhere. Absolutely. Super so cool. she, she talks so well and it just speaks to the level of not only athleticism it takes to get to that level, but just of who you are in your character as a human yeah, being. And totally. she is just absolute top notch. So once again, congratulations, Concordia Stingers. <laughs> Let's go. That was so fun to watch. It was so well put on by UPEI. And I think like th- those types of experiences, first of all, they don't come around very often no they certainly so gotta live don't in. yeah that's right they you know it's funny because we did we did also have an opportunity to talk to um sophie vandell from the upei panthers and we say it doesn't come around a lot but pei has hosted uh now in her fifth year and also hosted in her second year they had one of the cancellation years so pei obviously does an absolute bang up job <laughs> Of hosting U Sports Nationals because they have got to do it a few times in the last handful of years. Um, yeah, I can imagine. UPI oh. packed the house, man. They they showed up. They showed. They knew the assignment. Yeah, <laughs> they knew the assignment. They let's show them a good old East Coast time, I and know. they did. And hearing from Soph, and then also um, Tiara Esposito tried to join. Yeah, if you're listening on she she feels bad but the wi-fi in the dorms just wasn't cut (laughs) no she did we and we said we will get her on another show um we will yeah it's too bad i know wi-fi in the start of this for us was an issue and we had to get a little upgrade in our house even just to make sure that everything goes smoothly so totally understand um and we will make sure to get espo back on the show soon maybe when she heads back to winnipeg we'll just pull her into the show yeah That'd be an opportunity, but um, I hope you guys all enjoy our time with Sophie Van Dale from the UPEI Panthers. This is going to be a special interview. We are welcoming two Winnipeg beauties all the way in PEI, though. We've got Sophie Van Dale and Yara Esposito. Welcome to the Beauty Sports Desk. How are you guys doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. You guys recovered, or uh, how how's everything going after the championship? I think oh, I recovered now. Yes. <laughs> so, Sophie, I know that you're uh, you've been in PI for a little bit longer, and you were supposed to host the nationals last year, right before they got canceled. So, was it everything that you thought it was going to be, and were you a part of the whole planning process? Yeah, so I actually got to host in my second year as well. So I got to experience that um, in my second year. And then my third year obviously got canceled. So that was tough because my whole family came out and then got canceled. So it was a a tough moment, I guess. And then so to experience it again in my fifth year was like a definitely great experience. And that was my last game So for the Panthers. So it was really cool to kind of get that last like feeling with the crowd, like absolutely insane. Oh, for sure. And like you, I, I totally forgot about that. You guys are just doing such a good job. They're just not going to let nationals be hosted anywhere else eh? for the rest of time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Cause Espo rookie, how was, uh, how was your first nationals experience? And she's frozen. Oh no. Oh, we got you Can back. You hear me? Yeah. Okay. We, we got your audio at least. Okay. I think. Mm, nope. <laughs> The res Wi-Fi isn't cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, so it's just you for now, it. bud. <laughs> we'll wait for Espo right. to get back on. Well, there she is. We just let it I fly can hear here. You guys. Oh, we got you now. We got you now. See. There you go. Really? Okay. So what was your uh what was your rookie experience like at the nationals this year? I just like seeing all <laughs> We did say <laughs> we did say before we went on air that if things happen, they happen and we just let her roll oh, and yeah. that's how we that's how we do. So Sove, back to you. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. So who who got to, did your mom, did your grandparents make it out to PEI this year? Yeah. So my mom came out. Uh, my grandpa was supposed to come out. And then I found out like a week before, maybe he wasn't feeling well. So we decided not to come out. He's like 83. So it was probably the best move. Yeah. He, he came in my third year when it got canceled. Okay. And then my aunt and uncle came out and then my cousin surprised me. So I had four people oh. there. So it was really great. Amazing. Amazing. We, you know, Addie and I tuned, well, and you know, Sophie and I go back to, so my wife coached Soph uh, for a year on the Avros. And so Sophie, just FYI, I have a lot of conversations with Ash about some of my favorite Avros and you make that list, my friend. So, um, oh, thank you very much. but our house was screaming like Ash, um, she still holds you to a very high standard. Cause there was a few times she, you know, one time I think, uh, you had the puck on the point and she's shoot Soph, shoot and then the next one get up Soph, get up so, <laughs> so it was fun to watch you from little, here like your piece in so i can hear her <laughs> yeah exactly exactly no it was super fun to get to watch you guys um from our couches here in winnipeg and i'm glad that you had some family that was able to join you um we heard about the the atmosphere so i, I just want to talk about obviously like you say you guys got to host nationals your second year third year it's cancelled we heard from the girls from Concordia that that the roof was going to come off that place. Just tell us about what it was like, you know, your to end your U Sports career in a barn that was as packed as it was. Yeah, so I wasn't sure how the like stands were going to be because we were told that it was seventy five percent capacity. Don't think it was that, <laughs> um, but hey, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, so we had like every team basically there cheering us on, and when everyone started like a chant, it was insane. Like I, I felt like we were at like an NHL game almost. It was really cool, um, and like the Concordia fans were amazing too. So it was just like back and forth, and then they would say like you know like loudest roll get a pizza sort of nowhere while you're playing. Like everyone's just screaming. So it was just like amazing to play that like in women's hockey to see that and to see young girls coming to watch us and realizing like they, that could be them in the future. So it For was sure. great. For sure. That's fantastic. So it looks like we do have Espo kicking back with us here. Do we want to do a quick audio check mid-interview? Yeah, let's go, Espo. Can we hear you, bud? No. <laughs> Failed audio check. 
<laughs> uh, clearly, the dorms at UPI need a little, uh, a little, a little boost, Wi-Fi booster. Little booster. <laughs> but like, I love that you bring that up because I think that that's so important that when we have championships like this, we invite like all minor hockey. Mm-hmm. Just to be there, experience it, wear their own jerseys, and then, you know, one day be like, I want to be a Panther. Look at this. Look at all of the support that they have. And so when you are, uh, you know, thinking about all this stuff that was happening on the ice and stuff, when was there a point that when all this kind of craziness is happening, when you're like, this is my fifth year? Because I went through that moment. Yeah, like that whole week leading up to nationals, like everything was like, okay, this is my last this, and this is my last this, this is my last practice. And then it just kind of got really emotional. And then when I was playing my last game, I was like, I just have to enjoy this. Like whether we're losing, winning, whatever, like don't get caught up in anything, just enjoy every moment of it. And I did. And I was like so happy I got to play in front of my family because like when you play far away from home, they don't get to come very often. So to get to play my last game in front of them was great. Um and obviously, like, I want to continue playing in Europe, um, but it was definitely my last game in the Panther year. <laughs> totally. So what's what? how's that been going? Let's talk about that, because we've talked about it on past shows. And it's one thing that, um, you know, has definitely evolved even since Addy and I left uh, university in terms of more accessibility or more knowledge about what the options are. I'm super happy to hear that you're considering it, because I, I've said it on the show myself that, you know, I came out of university and I, two weeks later, had a job. So what's that process been for you? Have you, you know, have you reached out? Has anyone reached out to you? Um, how's it been exploring what options are for you in Europe? Honestly, it's been kind of like stressful for me, I'd say, because when I first started researching it, half of the like websites aren't in English. And so you're just like yeah. trying to filter through things that like look like, okay, this could be an email. But when you're sending an email out to a team, it's like, basically to like their organization and not towards like a specific coach. And so that's kind of tough. So you're just like sending out emails and hoping to get a reply. Right. Um, I'm looking towards like the EWHL. Um, that way I can kind of travel. Cause that's like my goal is to travel and like play hockey at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely not like the men's side where they have like agents and stuff. Like I know women's side, they do have agents. I don't know how to find them myself. And as well, like, it's not like we get a huge salary. So it's not like I can give a bunch of my salary to an agent who helps me find a team because like I need that money to support myself while I'm out there. Right. Um, but actually one of the rookies on my team, McKinley Nelson, um, kind of set me up with someone who, uh, played on the men's team in Budapest. And he's just kind of been helping me like guide me through like talking to coaches and stuff, which has been great. But if you don't have someone to help you out, like, I don't really know how you go about that process. Hey, so if we're going to connect you with, we had, and when you get a chance, if you're on a drive or you're hanging out, <clears throat> we did a podcast with a, a girl called Jacqueline or named Jacqueline Hawkins. She's the owner of women's hockey life based out of Ottawa. Uh, you should get connected with her because when she was on the show, so that whole business model is around, you know, specifically getting high school kids connected with university programs. But we did throw that question to her about helping people post-university get connected. She played overseas and I think would be a super good resource for you. So we're going to connect you with her because it sounds like that would be a good fit. And I was just going to say, you almost read my mind because I'm like in our, in our conversation with her, she talked about how, you know, they're starting to really look at that next stage because there are more options for girls to play in the PWHPA, PHF, but also 
helping people get connected with overseas. So we're going to do that. We'll connect that's you. 100%. We're so excited Thank that you, you. want to keep moving on. Yeah. yeah, that's super good. I know it's a big thing for a lot of girls just like wanting to move on, but you either need to know like a Canadian connection to get out there or something like that. Cause like, otherwise it's very hard to, I don't know, talk to teams, find emails. Cause I know I just navigating the websites. I'm like, I don't even know what this is saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and we, we've talked about that too. That's really a large part of even how we got into this whole scoop is there just isn't enough information point blank. That's the reality. And you guys would have experienced it through that recruitment process, leaving high school and finding your home at in PEI. And now it's just kind of doing that again. And I think there was more resources and less language barrier in finding a home when it came to a U sports career. But um, there's definitely work for us to do as a collective community of how to make it easier, better, more accessible for people like yourselves that are leaving, leaving their post-secondary and, and not quite ready to jump into a full career setting and want to pursue hockey further. So. Yeah, I love it. So looking at looking at this season, um, obviously you hosted, you're at nationals. It was a you guys ended up with a 13 and nine overall season record over your years. Has there been, you know, something as a Panther that, you know, when you talk about culture, when you talk about dressing room, has there been anything to change over the years that has made, you know, you guys a pretty successful program? Yeah, well, my first year, we were not very strong. We were, like, one of the bottom teams. And I think going into my third year, yeah, my third year, that's when we were ranked, like, third in Canada. So, like, just as the program went on, we developed so much more. And it was just, like, great to be a part of that and be able to, like, host nationals through that. And, like, in my third year as well, we won in our first round of playoffs. And that was huge because we hadn't done that in, like, years, basically. So, just to be a part of like the little victories is just unreal. And I think that that's one of the things that I think about because you, uh, UPI was a new program when I was playing. So it was kind of starting and now you see the success that it has. It almost feels like it's just been building blocks every single year. Right. And you, you've essentially been a part of every single one of those. Right. So it's always interesting to me to hear about culture from a, from your first year to your fifth year. Right. Yeah, it's definitely has like definitely has changed a lot, and uh, my coach was a big part of that. He's been coaching the team for sixteen years, so he's really brought it from zero to what it is now. And it was his last year coaching this year, so it was a bittersweet moment for him too. And he had COVID during the tournament, so he wasn't even there coaching us. Our other coaches had AirPods in, and he was kind of coaching them through that. But it was like very delayed, and so he'd be like, "Okay, hey, do this," and they're like. It's already Play's done. Already started. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, nothing yeah. you can do. So we had him on speakerphone throughout the periods, and that's what he was able to do to coach us. And so he did whatever he could to get us through the games. Uh, we we wondered because when we heard when we when we tuned in for that Concordia game. Um, and saw that he wasn't on the bench. And obviously they didn't say in the broadcast that he had COVID, but we were recording that same day. And then we had said, you got to assume, obviously the climate of the world that we're in, we kind of assumed that that was, that's heartbreaking for him. But um, I'm glad he at least got to kind of stay in touch with you. That would have been a hard pill for him to swallow, I'm sure. Holy. Oh. Yeah, he definitely was doing everything he could on his side. He was sending us a video like every night for whoever team we were playing against and um, like obviously he was on speakerphone with us, so whatever yeah. he could to help us out. Wow. That's just, 
kudos, kudos to him. Cause that's a hard thing mentally to go through. You've been with, you're the coach yeah. of this team. It's like, you finally get to the point where pretty much everybody works for throughout the entire year. And then you have to yeah. sit on your couch. <laughs> I can't even, I'm too competitive and I'm, I just feel like, so yeah. I, you, I would, you know, how do you even, you butt and you get on the iPad and you do everything you can. No, exactly. Live on FaceTime. Exactly. Yeah. So if I want to rewind yeah. for a sec, um, I, I mean, I remember parts of this story, but I want to hear it from you of how Sophie Vandale ended up at PEI, because I think it's actually kind of funny to me that you just, and hope and a prayer. <laughs> I know. It's actually funny because Bruce talks about this too. And he's like, you're like one of the only people who has ever come here without, for, without coming for a visit. And I didn't think of anything of it. I just like signed because I think I was like one of the last girl I think I was the last grade 12 like that had signed and you probably remember like I used to phone Ashley all the time like basically yeah. bawling my eyes up panicking I, like, I want to go somewhere yeah. like yeah um and so when I finally got like bites when we went to Wilcox like in Mandy Schwartz tournament I was like ecstatic and I think I just like was like I need to take one of these opportunities and I was talking to Lance Jones the assistant coach and it just seemed like a good fit. Like I just like, everything seems cool about it. Like phone Bruce a couple of times. And I was like, I'll just go. Never been past like Quebec. <laughs> east. I'm like, we'll just, do it. we'll just go for it. Like what can go wrong? Right. And he'll still bring this up to this day. He's just like, I can't believe you just like, di- like just decide to come without coming to visit. But I was like, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was normal. Well, and what other experience do you have? I do remember this. So Ashley remembers sending an email to Bruce, I think on the bus home. So from Wilcox. We can ask her. We'll have to. I think so, probably, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Sophie played super well at that Notre Dame tournament. And like you say, got some looks. And yeah, just like we've talked about in the past, Sophie, about when you go on your visit and you know, like in which you obviously didn't do, but you in your gut, when you get on campus, you kind of just know you have this vibe of yeah. like, yeah, no. But I think it's interesting for you because you kind of obviously experienced that in a way through the phone and was like, yeah, this kind of seems like it's a fit. I'm just going to pen to paper here and, yeah. and hop to PEI. Why not? Yeah. I just, I don't know. It kind of felt like when, like it is very, so like a family here anyway. So like, I felt like I was home while I was here. So I'd, Loved every second of it. Amazing. That is amazing. Can't go wrong with PEI. Well, uh, like that's it, yeah, like a- it would be a vibe. For, I, I agree with you, Sophie, because that's, I grew up in a small town and I've been to PEI. My family's been to PEI and it feels like, it does kind of feel like Manitoba in that way. It's like, a, it's, well, like it's everyone, even smaller, but. I feel like I know half the island here now. Like totally. everyone's so friendly. I mean, I like to talk, so I'm sure I yeah. make <laughs> <laughs> But like it, it's true in the sense too of like the process of getting signed can be incredibly stressful. So like honestly, she kudos made it, she to made you. It look like, easy, man. Uh, yeah, done. Let's oh go. God, let's do this. Oh, so cool. I know. I I work at a hockey camp here. I worked this summer, and I did like a little like speech for a bunch of younger girls like going into university, like 10, 11, 12. And I was like, what kind of questions do you guys have? Like like about getting recruited and none of them had any questions. And I was like, you guys have to have questions because I know I had like a thousand, but I'm yeah. sure they were just like nervous to ask. Cause I'm like, ask me anything. Cause I've been through it all. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Hey, I do. I think there's another question I had in my brain for you. Um, obviously I think you're just a natural leader. 
that's that's very evident to me and obviously you were a leader on that team this year um, and over the past few years can you talk to us just about what it was like uh, for you guys your experience through COVID and how you you know adapted to that and then coming into this season and knowing you're going to be hosting nationals you know what what kind of unfolded for you and especially for for you from a leadership perspective yeah so definitely last year was tough because it was like it was a waiting game. So we were basically told like, okay, we might start our season in October. So everyone was like getting ready. We'd be practicing, working out, whatnot. And then come October, they were like, no, like we're going to push it back to December. And then we found out like the OUA was like shut down for the year, but we still had hope for ourselves because like the AUS is like, I don't know, everyone is small, like small provinces. COVID wasn't really hitting us very well, like too much. So we seemed like we were like going to play. And then everyone kind of got the opportunity to play against each other like in Nova Scotia and in New Brunswick. But because we're the only university on the island, we couldn't play against any other universities. So we ended up playing against like Bantam Boys and stuff like that. And I'm happy we got to do that because like at least we got to play. But it definitely was a different experience. Um, and it, it was tough to play through last year because like you had no motivation really to like, you know, like, oh, playoffs to look forward to or anything like that. Like you just were just playing to play. So coming into this year, knowing that we would potentially have a season, we were still waiting to hear about nationals till like near the end of the season to make sure that it was like a for sure. Um, so just try, try to keep the girls like ready and mentally motivated to like play. It was, was tough throughout the year. Um, and I have like a busy schedule this year and I kind of felt bad as a leader because I felt like I wasn't there enough for the girls because I'm currently doing my practicum in grade four. Um, and so like I'm at school from, 7 30 to 4 30 and then like or four and then running to practice and so I just like felt like I wasn't always there to chat with the girls like you know before practice getting ready like that's like my favorite part just like bonding with everyone and like not being there was like hard for me um but the other leaders really picked it up and helped me out so that was great on them it's uh it's almost you can't even describe the the mental piece of it because being on a team when you get into the grind of a season is one thing for sure, but to keep everybody at that level when you don't know when things are going to happen, that's a whole other level. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, be too hard on yourself there. Well, <laughs> just yeah. absolutely grinding, keeping it going. Like I just, and it's what? not a new story. We've heard, we, yeah. so we did, yeah. we did touch base with a, um, a girl who plays on U of R hockey. And she said the same thing, like the, I think she, you know, she kind of reiterated, she felt like she more, learned more about her own mental strength and mental health through it all than she ever oh, yeah. thought she would have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Like you're basically playing like a, a game against yourself half the time. You're just trying to like win your own battles. And like, you're, we were trying to stay super busy last year too, like trying to do activities. But again, COVID, like you can't, not like you can do like a, a ton of things and you don't want to be like practicing every day and skating. Cause it's like, people are just going to become disinterested. Right. If you don't have a game to be playing and like, what are you going to do? Practice power play, but not get to actually use it. <laughs> yeah. like, things like that. It's, it's a little like redundant almost, but we got through it. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's flip back to this year's nationals. I mean, obviously that Concordia game, you know, we said on our show, I didn't feel like it was a seven nothing game. We watched you guys. We didn't get to watch the whole game. We had to run down here and record, but we watched the first period and a half and not a lot went your way there. I don't think that seven nothing was a real indication of that game. 
Um, but then going in and getting your first national win, talk us through that. How awesome was that as a rebound? Yeah, that, so I was like kind of getting it from all my coaches, like saying, okay, we need to get the girls like back ready for tomorrow. Cause it's like, we still had a game to play. And after a seven, nothing loss, it's not always easy, but I also felt like we didn't lose seven, nothing. Like I thought yeah. we played well and we held our ground for the first two periods at least. And then I felt like the fourth goal and the like beginning of third kind of like tipped us over, but going into the next game, like everyone was good spirits, like ready to go. We're like, it could technically be our last game. It could not. So like, I was like, you know, just enjoying the time. And then while we were playing, I'm like, guys, we can like do this. Like yeah. we can definitely, we can compete with these guys. And like, it made us feel like quite good that like we're playing against like the OUA champs and then we ended up beating them. Um, also very great, like very good team, but it is hard to play that, like that game when you know you're not playing for like a medal, like we're only going to play for like game five, six, but like to make history for UPI was unreal. Like to be a part of that. Totally. It gives me goosebumps. And like, yeah. that's not, that's saying something when you're right. It, but you got to treat it like your gold medal game, right? Because there's still exactly, something yeah. to be super freaking proud of in that game. Oh, a thousand percent. Because you're right. When we were upstairs, it was three nothing. We walked down the stairs and I think that you were, you were bang on that fourth goal was kind of the tipping point for you guys. But even... Even when you're like with all the conversations we've had with athletes, when they go from kind of down to up is when the mentality in the room changes from like super tense to relaxed and happy and fun. Would you say that that it was kind of the same vibe that you guys had in your dressing room? Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to like put out to the team. Like, let's just have fun because whenever we get like tense or whenever it's a big game, I feel like, you know, you tighten up on your stick and you're like making these mistakes that you never usually make because you're so nervous. And I think because we were just like out there having fun, like we had nothing to lose. Yeah. Like we were ranked eight. Like everyone expected us to lose every single game. So I'm like, let's go have fun. Like what else are we going to do? Like enjoy it because we're never going to play against this crowd ever again, unless you guys make it to nationals in the future years, which I hope they do. Yeah. But who knows? Like whoever hosts nationals may not have a crowd like that. Like PEI comes together to really create an amazing crowd. So I'm like, enjoy this because women's hockey doesn't always get this. Ugh. Wow. What a, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that hurts my true. soul a little, but yeah, you're it's, right. You're, you're not right. wrong. You're, you're not wrong in that it doesn't. And we talked about before we, you guys jumped in today of the teams that win, the teams that find a way to win are the most team, right? Like, I think that's what it's make or break. You've lived, we've all lived through that in sports where you have that team that is super skilled on paper and just does absolutely shit with it Yeah, because you're not a team. And clearly you guys had built in that, that team culture. So super fun to watch. Yeah. And when, when all like, and it's, it's funny because you hear it all at like minor hockey when people are like, girls, let's just have fun. Like, let's be, <laughs> let's like, you know, move the puck around. Let's have fun. And then you get to the highest stage in the biggest games. And then it's like, let's have fun. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? The, the, sometimes it gets a bit too serious and it's been so interesting for us to interview all these incredibly high level athletes. And they're like, the, the difference was when we were not having fun and when we were having fun, mm -hmm. like it blows my mind how that simple mm -hmm. thing translates all the way up to the highest level. Totally. Oh, totally. Like, um, I, this, my perspective kind of changed at nationals, I'd say, because I am a very competitive person. So like, I always want to win and whatnot. And then I kind of just is like, okay, I need to enjoy this because if I'm getting mad at these little things, like, I'm not going to enjoy my last couple games. 
And so it's what we did and it worked out really well. And we actually, I got the opportunity to sit beside Troy Ryan at our dinner at, for our gala. And so we were just chatting with him about the Olympic experience. And he said that the girls on the team, like, he's like, they just had so much fun. And I think that's why they won. Like, he's like every moment, like they were just like joking around, dancing on the bench and like, like they're at the Olympics, right? Like that's the highest level you could play. And they're just having fun and hence why they probably won because they were just enjoying the time while they were out there. Yep. We've talked about that a thousand times. You I looked know. over at Canada's bench and they were laughing, smiling. Then you looked over at USA and some girls were crying. Like it was yeah. a, t- like for me, I think that you're bang on on that is it was like, you could tell that they were there. They had a plan, they had a mission and you could see it in their faces. Yeah. What a cool experience to get to pick his brain yeah. a little bit though. That's that is awesome. very cool. It was really cool. So everyone had to eat supper and like every team had to eat supper in separate rooms, just COVID protocol. But the UPI like room was the biggest one. We had all the guest speakers and all the UPI athletics people there. And our team was all split up with um, people, part of the athletic department, whatever guest speakers. So I, my table, I got to sit with him and we were just kind of picking his brain. And it was a really cool experience because he's also the women's Dal yeah. coach, um, like Dalhousie. Um, and so he was kind of telling us about that a little bit, but just to hear about the experience and he was just making me laugh. Like he was saying that when they would call up, um, the starting lineup for team Canada, because there was no like fans, really all the girls on team Canada would like be booing their own team. Like, just, <laughs> like, create, like an atmosphere. And I was like, Oh, that's hilarious. I love that. He's like, I thought it was so weird, but Hey, the girls, love it. <laughs> you're right into it. And he's like, whatever makes this tick. Yeah. Baby. You do care. you. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Super cool. Did you guys, uh, did you, I mean, obviously you're hosting, but did you get the whole hotel experience or did you go home every night? No, we didn't. And my second year either, we didn't get the hotel experience. And I honestly probably prefer it just because like I get to sleep in my yep. own bed. Like my mom and them had an Airbnb here, but I didn't stay with them. I stayed in, at my own house um, on game days because I just, I like to keep my routine the same. And so. Yeah. Right. Totally. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. That is, yeah. Well, we wondered because um, the Olivia from Concordia, she was saying that obviously there's not a ton of hotel options. And so everyone was in the same hotel. Yeah. And she was like, it was, yeah. it was cool. Like you would see people from other teams and, you know, you give them their good lucks and whatever else. Yeah. But what a, what an interesting experience. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. So let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of the hosting um, responsibilities you had. So after the championship was there a, a party that happened or what, you know, was there something that happened out in PE either? Yeah, there may have been something. <laughs> <Funny> like, <laughs> everyone on our team kind of knows like one or two people from the other team, like, you know, just growing up. So I knew um, someone from Nipissing and then um, UBC had quite a few uh, Manitobans on their team. Yep. So we kind of all like texted the people we knew and we're like, everyone wants to like celebrate, obviously like cool weekend, done hockey, so we all had a little gathering or a big gathering, I should say. And it was a lot of fun. Like, you know, it put, puts things in perspective that like, we're all here to play hockey, but like, we're all friends, like, or we can all be friends at the end. Like, it was a really cool experience it is. just to hang out with them. It is such a community. Like, and, it doesn't matter. And yeah. I'll tell you this, Soph, that it doesn't matter. I'm 15 years out of, not quite, 15 years out of graduating from university, 13 and it doesn't change. It doesn't change. Addie doesn't and I change. now, we're, you know, there's a, a birthday party for hockey friends of ours, kids, this a- kid this afternoon. 
Um, we, yeah, we (laughs) hang out with the same type of people we, and now with beauties, as we interview people, you find, I played here at this nationals with this girl and, and there's so many connections. I think it's amazing that you guys took that initiative to bring everyone together because it's not going to change. You go to Europe, you come back, hockey will follow you. And it's, I mean... You just instantly connect with people, which is super fun. And I was just going to say, like, that's how connected it truly is. Okay, well, I know her from this team. Okay, mm-hmm. that means the team is coming. You yeah. know, I know her yeah. from the team is coming. Yeah. So those are, when I look back at nationals and when I look at, you know, the experience of, you know, obviously you hosted, we never got to host, but like getting on the plane to go to nationals, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like the hockey was obviously a huge part of it. But all the experiences around it, like I'll never forget us you and U of A, like Bisons and U of A do not like each other. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, kind of like the way that we became friends. I don't know <laughs> if you ever heard that story, yeah. but Cowie and I became I friends not. by being like, I heard you don't like me. Yeah. I heard you don't like me. Friends? Yep. Friends. And it was the same <laughs> thing with U of A. We were like, no, we're going to be friends now. We're going to party in this lobby until we get kicked out of the lobby. And it was awesome. Yeah. And that's what you remember, right? So good on you, because that's the best part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was fun. I, I know all the other teams had a lot of fun, and a lot of them had to leave quite early the next morning because Charlottetown is so small, like their airport is so small, that a lot of teams actually flew into Moncton or Halifax. And so some of them were flying out of Moncton or Halifax at like 6 a.m., 8 a.m. So they had to do like that two-hour, four-hour drive first and then fly. Oof. And so I think a lot of them just got back to the lobby at like 3 a.m. And then <laughs> yeah, got on the bus. I love that. Yeah. I love I got that. a funny story about uh, a girl that did the same thing, but when she got on the bus, realized her pants were on backwards. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we're like, um, and you've got one shoe. So let's do <laughs> This is insane. This is insane. Oh, um, but yeah, so many good stories, so much fun. Like, oh, that's amazing. It is amazing. So, um, yeah. So if we're super proud of a Winnipeg kid who's represented here, um, so well, like I say, you, you will remain on the list of some of my all time favorite Avros. Um, I'm excited to follow. We will connect you. We will for to try sure. And help on the next part of your hockey career for sure. I'm excited to follow you there too. It was fun to watch you. I think you're whoever, whatever grade you end up teaching when you're done the hockey stuff and come back, we'll be lucky to have you. Hopefully that's in Winnipeg. But thanks for taking the time. Let's give you an opportunity to plug UPEI, UPEI plug U Sports, whatever it is, but give us some final thoughts, Soph. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on uh, the podcast. It was great chatting with you guys. Um, I hope that um, you guys continue to interview a lot more female hockey players or any kind of sports because we need to grow the sport and young girls need to see what, like what can, what they can do in the future because I think it's really important that they have female role models to look up to and not just male role models. Totally. But yeah, I just want to thank you again for having me on the show. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care. Take care. See you. Okay. She is one of my favorite, favorite humans. She's so composed, so well put together. She's a natural leader. I love her. Top to bottom. Unreal. And I loved how she spoke so much of like her, her time there and, 
just the progression she's seen within her team throughout her entire time there. They're just building blocks bigger, bigger, bigger. Totally. And I love hearing that. Yeah, and you can relate to that, right? UPI, you said, came into U Sports in your time as a bison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we never as a bison crossed paths, but we did play them when I was out um, playing hockey in Alberta. Yeah. And so we crossed paths there, and you could just see – the change in, you know, honestly, the overall just culture towards the team. It's, yeah. it's, you know, being able to go now host a national championship, come out with the first ever UPEI yeah. win. Yeah. Big deal. Big huge, deal. Huge deal. And I love how they, you know, obviously we, we said that that first game against Concordia didn't, I don't, I still believe that. I don't think, like we said, it was a seven, nothing game, but changing the attitude and understanding you still have something to play for and what a way to be in the record books of the first win at a national championship. And when you talk to people like Soph, you and, and you hear the way that she, you know, speaks about her teammates and speaks about her coaching staff and the trainers and everybody around, you know why they've gotten better, yeah. right? You, culture. You get that culture, you get that quality of character person in your dressing room. Mm-hmm. They take care of the logo. They do mm-hmm. all the right things. And good things will happen. So, yep. unreal. No, I Un- agree. Unreal human being. She's another one. We'll invite her to the beauty sports yeah, desk down absolutely. here. Absolutely. So, if when you listen to this, if you're back in Winnipeg, give me a buzz. That's right. So, w- just so lucky to have those two on, um, be able to talk about their experiences because to get to a national championship is one thing, to win it is another. And to to just see how well spoken um, the whole the whole package of who they are as athletes and people just shine through today. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. I think that we it is also it sh- it did sh- continue to shine a light on um, some of the efforts that as a collective hockey community that we can do to continue to increase the awareness and understanding. You know, U Sports, I did tell you that earlier today, that U Sports mm-hmm. has done a better job in the last couple of weeks. So just want to give them a little clap on their coverage. Social media coverage has has improved um, yeah. since the U Sport uh, hockey, women's hockey nationals. Uh, they're doing a better job. But we heard, you know, and they're both grateful for an opportunity to talk to someone who's, who's going to help shine a spotlight. And there's yeah. also lots of gaps in understanding what to do next when you're leaving your U Sports career. So yeah. as a hockey community, I think that was an interesting takeaway for me that I think there's more we can do to support these young women. Yep. But we're on our way. Yep, we're on our way. And that's exactly what Beauties is here for. We're going to, you know, do all that, get her connected and... Can't wait to hear more about Sophie's career when she gets overseas and follow her through all of her travels because with UPEI hosting um, back-to-back, right, Mm -hmm. we also had back-to-back championships in the PHF. With the yeah. Boston Pride. Yeah. Which that was... We maybe should have saw that coming. Yeah. Yep. After that, like you talked about last week, six bag or rip, and they made Toronto look... Oh, like... Rough. Yeah. Toronto... Who knows? Because I was I was sitting there and I was like even before before playoffs started in Tampa, I was like, I think the six are taking it. Yeah. Well, I think the six are taking it. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that they've been too dominant throughout the year. Um, They beat them four three before going to Tampa. And I'm like, I just can't see them giving it up. And then. They beat them five one. Wasn't even a game. I watched it. It wasn't even. 
Toronto didn't stand a chance, quite and, honestly. And 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 that's part of what makes you know the PHF to have this culmination of a season and so abruptly. It reminds you of a national championship yeah. the way that it's structured, and that if you lose that first game, you're you're, oh. you're playing for pride. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we talked about in a previous episode that is it an advantage to have to sit out that first game? I'm not so sure. The buy is tough. The, the buy is tough. The buy is real. You work all year to earn the buy, right? And, and then, then you get like there and it's like, oh, okay, wow. Because I I thought a lot about with Boston and them coming in and obviously they're defending champs. They've been there before, but they were coming off a five game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were like skidding, like they were just getting by and then a flick of a switch went off and said, nope. And I wonder, like, it would be great to have one of them on because I'm assuming the conversation would be consistent. Yeah. We started having fun. We started playing like a team. (laughs) Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Let's Let's get after it. it. So they end up taking six. 0-0 against Buffalo, 5-1 against Toronto 6, and then winning the Isabel Cup 4-2 over Connecticut Whale. Which again was decisive. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I would say, I would say the, the Whale came out and were given it for like six minutes. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was kind of chase hockey, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And you know what was interesting too to me? Um, we saw more highlight reel goals in the Isabel Cup than we did almost all season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was like some incredible individual efforts. Yeah. Absolutely. That turned, turned some of these games around. So, yeah, maybe we should have also, you know, not... There is something to be said about knowing how to win. And yeah. Boston clearly had that as now they are back-to-back Isabel Cup champions. They are back-to-back. So they sometimes got the... Just, yeah. Maybe we discredited that a little bit too. But Yeah. They... uh they gave them bucket hats instead of like I like lids. that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I'd rock a bucket hat. Yeah, for sure. Probably looked like, like they a big lived. Goof, but. And then, you know, like, because we were talking about how it represented All Star Week in a lot of ways, and I think they lived it up to be like All Star Week. Like they were just the the, the fit, fit checks the too fit on, checks. <laughs> on Instagram. It. Yeah, they were looking sharp. I love it. So yeah, congratulations, Boston Pride. You yes. just crushed it. Agreed. You just went there with a mission yep. and you came out and you crushed it because mm-hmm. they put the puck in the net. Big time. That was insane. 15 goals in three games. Yeah. What? I know. That's like unheard of. Well, we didn't. Yeah. The only team that might've done that this year was Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. But they. Because they strung together some big wins. They totally did. They totally did. big L's. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So very interesting ending to the PHF. I thought they did a great job promoting it and getting it out there. Um, You know, you were able to watch when you wanted, when, you know, Mm -hmm. you're able to watch as much as you possibly could. Um, I saw that they did a lot of stuff to like um, promote it when they were there. So they had like little booths, like signature booths and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff set up for young kids. So I really enjoyed that. No, I agree. I think um, it'll be interesting to see what this offseason holds because we've got the PWHPA in their last showcase this weekend. So mm-hmm. um, the end of the PWHPA for this season, by the time this this hits your ears, uh, and that then 
hopefully will allow for some conversations of, of what women's hockey looks like come next September. Yep, absolutely. Because that's now that they've declared and said NHL has requested a meeting. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's like, when, where, well, <laughs> who's in attendance? Yeah, and, everybody well, wants then to know. That, the I think details. that's part is who's in attendance because we saw the commissioner of the PHF decide to call it a day. Yeah, and move on to to something else. Um, so yeah, like there is a lot of question marks, and we'll continue to follow that throughout the course of the summer as anything comes up. But. Um, Oh, it's always that gap time between hockey season for me that's, yeah. you get, start to get itchy about August 1st. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. So the <clears throat> women are currently in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really, really good hockey. Obviously all the Montreal girls that are on Team Canada went and did like yep. a, an appearance yeah. and uh, and did the whole thing. And you want to know what? Huh. Guess who else got invited to the puck drop? Who? Concordia Stingers, baby. Yeah, well, makes sense. Montreal. I loved it. Cool. I was like, that is when I saw, you know, all the women go out and then you see all the Stingers jerseys there too. It's like, Wicked. that's it. Yeah. That's it right there. Yeah. So there's also uh, the Chevron Championship going on right now for women's golf. Mm-hmm. Our girl, Brookie, tied for fifth. Did you see that Brooke, Brooke had to, so they changed the rules of the LPGA that you had to have, a, you couldn't, the longest your driver could be was 46 inches. And she used to rock a 48-inch driver. I loved here. So this was the thing is like they did, uh, I saw it on on social media, maybe on Twitter. Someone asked her about swinging a new club and what are you swinging? And she's like, I don't know. Talk, talk to my yeah. Talk to Andrew. I yeah. think his name was. <laughs> um, but she's obviously hit the ball pretty well. They they put some weights in it so that it would feel. And she was kind of right at the end of the club, so it would feel like she was choking up on a forty eight inch versus being at the I end wonder, of a forty six. I wonder why that would need to be monitored. I'd like to have like somebody on because what what difference does that make? Um, well, it's kind of the, we've seen that in sports and we've seen it more, if you're talking specifically about golf, we've seen it more in men, like in the, the PGA, um, where there's guys changing up clubs to try, like, cause you can't, you think about your golf course, you can't make it long. Like the, the course is the course. Yeah. There's only so much land. Right. And so we've seen it in things like hockey in the past where we had to cut down pad sizes and equipment mm-hmm. sizes, right? Because yeah. the only way for us to regulate or make it more fair um, is in the equipment because our technology and understanding your swing and muscle development and all of those things has improved so much. Right. The only thing we can hold back in something like golf is the club. Yeah. So I assume it has something to do with that, Mm -hmm. but I don't actually know. Yeah, no, for sure. That makes, that makes complete sense. But for somebody who's known for that longer club, Mm -hmm. like Brooke, it's a huge thing. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. So that'll be interesting to dive more into that. Oh yeah. And, uh, we got, um, Jessica Corda third and cup show with, um, a pretty demanding 16 under lead Mm -hmm. in the fourth round. So, Mm -hmm. That'll be finishing up here in just a little bit. So I'm assuming unless she completely tanks <laughs> and completely, uh, you know, just throws away the day, Cupcho will be the champion of the Chevron championship. Cool. So, so much amazing stuff. 
Yeah. You know, these episodes are a bit tough because we obviously want to bring to your ears and, and do due diligence in, in covering with some of these athletes, but there's always lots to talk about. Yes. And that's the hard balance, which is also why we've got 20 episodes in less than 20 episodes worth of time. Because every yeah. once in a while we record an extra something, something, because <laughs> yeah. we feel like we, we haven't quite... Uh, done it justice so yeah absolutely so once again thank you olivia and uh sophia for coming on sophie Sophie, and uh i really appreciate your time this is uh we got through a lot of stuff today but it was so great to have them on totally no i think we're gonna continue u sports is a fun path yep i agree u sports is a fun path so yeah again appreciate both of those ladies time today and we hope that you guys enjoyed the show. Yeah. So, Cowie, final words. Final words, buddy. It feels like spring. Finally, our snow is starting to melt. We said that a couple episodes ago. We appreciate everyone who continues to come back. Hopefully, as you get into your spring and summer adventures and you've got some more airwave time in your cars, you can pass this along to friends, family that you think would enjoy it. We appreciate you being here with us, but I appreciate every weekend with you. Thanks so much. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe, and we will see you all next week.